Amen. Well, we've been studying the book of Ephesians, and this is our last one. Amen. So some of you are probably saying, thank the Lord. Amen. But we're done with chapter 6. It's going to be our last one. There's six chapters in the book of Ephesians, and we're going to be covering that. So we've talked about, and just a little bit of a review as we close this out, but chapters 1 through 3 talking about Paul's trying to get to the church of Ephesus, the Gentiles in particular. A lot of commentaries that I uh, read talk about this was probably an epistle or a letter, if you will, that was passed around, not just for a particular church, but one that was probably circulated around a lot. And we know that Ephesus may have had more than one preaching point, as we call it, because it was a huge city, 300,000 plus. But in any case, Paul, who's writing to this and uh, these believers, wants them to understand in the first part of Ephesians that the believers have a position in Christ. We have a position in Christ. We've been chosen. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And sealed with the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's why the Holy Spirit's so important. Amen. Because that's the seal, that's the earnest, if you will, of this great inheritance that we have. What we feel and the power of God that we feel here on this earth is only a touch of the power of God. Amen. That we can that we're going to experience when we get to heaven. Amen. When we get on the other side. And it doesn't seem like it's going to be too much longer. Amen. I didn't see it myself, but I've been hearing stories about the chip, you know, that they're putting in people. And I never really got into a prophecy a whole lot, but we do know that those things are kind of like the sign of the end times. Amen. I always figured that if I was ready to go, I wouldn't have to worry about that. Amen. But the Bible does admonish us to watch and pray. We need to be aware of what's going on. And also there was a killing of a couple of Israeli uh, soldiers on the Temple Mount. And then Israel tried to put some metal detectors in there. And it just about caused a holy war through all of that. Because they share that with the Muslims and everyone over there. So it's, uh, it's always something going on over there. But it seems like it's really heating up. Amen? And that's the... the the, the place we need to be looking is in the Middle East there in the country of Israel and the things that are happening around us to realize that we are living in the end time. But the great thing about it is Paul writing 2,000 years ago, so it's still relevant to us today, it should be all, all that more evident that the power of God can work in our midst, Amen not just collectively as we come into the house of God, and that's a great thing. We feel the presence of God. We have great worship. We see God do some mighty things in the lives of people. Amen? But Paul wants us to know as individuals that we can take this power of God outside of these walls and to be the light that this world needs, the light of the glorious gospel. Amen? To shine into the hearts and the minds of this world to pull them out of the fire, amen, to get them in the right place before his uh, soon coming, amen. So Paul is trying to get the believers to understand their position in Christ. And he concludes that with this 
prayer, this powerful prayer that he prays in Ephesians chapter 3. He said, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is in 3, 14 through 21. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Let me just stop right here to remind us that the power is in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And people say that we're Jesus only, and we always say, no, we're Jesus everything. And we need, to, we need to do that, amen? We need to pray in Jesus' name. We need to live in Jesus' name, walk in Jesus' name. The power is in the name of Jesus. As you pray, as you develop a prayer life, you'll realize that there's times in your life that you can only say, and especially I've found this to be true, in moments of temptation where I can just call upon the name of Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you right now. We talked about it a little bit in our um, conquering, the, having the, the winning the war within on Wednesday nights, you know, how that we need to bring Jesus into our everyday life and how that it doesn't matter. And I use the into everything. I can remember Pastor, this was before he was married, and, and he was saying, you know, he'd, be, he'd see a good looking girl and he, he'd say, and he brought God into the situation by saying, Lord, you really did a good job when you created her, you know. And that, that always stuck with me to just the realization that we need to bring God into every midst of our life. God knows where we're at. God knows everything about us. God knows our temptations, our weaknesses, and our strength. Amen? But He wants to be in the middle of it all. And the power, and I know I'm talking to the adult class here, but just to remind us, it's in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We can call upon the name of Jesus, and all of creation has to give attention to that name. It's in the name. Amen? It's of whom, in verse 15, the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might, by His Spirit in the inner man. And so, folks, this is where we need to have our strength, in the inner man. And that's why we need to pray. And that's why we need to fast. Amen. It's not enough just to come to church and to hear the Word, and that's all important, and that's part of it. But He wants us, Paul's making this prayer, that we might be strengthened by His Spirit in the inner man. Amen. The Bible tells us for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We can have the might of God exercised in our lives. Amen. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. He's saying, I'm praying that you might understand, might be able to comprehend it all. Amen. And you're in the right place being in the house of the Lord. Amen. We ought to be thankful that we have a desire to even be in the house of God. That's a victory that we have to win in ourselves. I was talking to an individual just this week, a precious brother, has not been able to be in church, struggling, just life that can get a hold of us. He knows he needs to be in the house of God. He, 
He even has that desire to be in the house of God. But he, there's just life is happening to him and the struggles. And you try to be an encourager to him on the phone. But we know that the place that we need to be is in the midst of God's presence. Amen. And we can find that. It says, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. Amen. And so much the more as we see the day approaching. You ought to be thankful just to have the desire to get up this morning and come to the house of God. Because there are a lot of people that are desiring to be in the house of God, but the enemy's got them convinced that they just can't be here today, that life is happening to them, and they don't have the strength. Amen? But Paul's praying that we're strengthened in the inner man. Hallelujah. That we can have Christ dwelling in our hearts by faith and that we might be able to understand what it's all happening and taking place. In verse 20 of chapter 3 is where he brings this great revelation to us. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. Hallelujah. Above all that we ask or think. I want you to know that your problem is not too big for God. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to say that again. Your problem is not too big for God. And that's why we're here. But a lot of people that are not here and not able to be here this morning is because they think that their problem is just too big. It's overwhelmed them. But Paul's wanting us to know that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. Hallelujah. That you're able to ask or even think. Amen. God is able to do it. But it's according to the power that works within us. We've got to exercise that power, exercise that faith. And that's what Paul's concluding this portion in Ephesians with. He's saying, you got this great calling. You've got this great privilege. You're a part of the church. Hallelujah. But you've got to exercise the power. And the power is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Unto Him be glory in the church of Jesus Christ through all, all ages or all generations, world without end. Amen. Hallelujah. So be it. God is able to move, hallelujah, in your situation. In chapters 4, when we started to look at this was the believer's conduct in Christ, we found that Paul's addressing relationships. <laughs> you can gauge your spirituality on how your relationships are down here. Everything that we do seemingly is involved with a relationship with one another. Amen? How are you dealing with others? He starts out in Ephesians 4 and 2 and he said, With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another. And forbearing simply means to endure it even goes on to say to put up with an individual. You ever had to just put up with somebody? A lot of amens out there. <laughs> and all the buried people said amen. Hallelujah. Putting up with, enduring. He's saying, and in verse 3 he says endeavoring, which means to make it your duty. This is your duty to put up with or to endure relationships making the utmost effort it's going to be an effort right we come together and it's an effort to have a church to, 
to work in unity. But he says that's where the power is. And he says that's what we need to be doing. And we talked about our associations. Paul's talking about you need to have the right relationships. And he even goes on to say, though, even though we need to love everybody and, and have endure one another, he says there's some things, there's some people that you need to disassociate yourself with. Amen? Amen? They're talking bad about the church, talking bad about the pastor. You need to disassociate yourself from that crowd. Amen? That's good preaching right there. Hallelujah. If they're talking negative, if they're talking worldly, and, and there's some things that he was talking about, you can have a limited association. So some people you can be around for a little while, but you can't really just spend a lot of time with them. Amen? There's limited association. And then, of course, expanded association, which should be the church. And that's why we have fellowship groups, right? That's how, why we have Family Fun Night tonight over at the Life Center. We're going to have Family Fun Night. So you ought to be there to enjoy the fellowship, good, wholesome fellowship of one another. Amen? Expanded associations. But in all of it, you know, and through all of this, and, and Paul used some uh, strong language. He said, you know, withdraw yourself from them. Don't be a part of that if they're not uh, doing the right things. But he says, in all of it, we have to remember God's love towards us. And when we remember God's love towards us, in Ephesians 5, he says, Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. Amen. Aren't you thankful God loved you? Because whether you believe it or not, at one time you were unlovable. That's hard for us to believe. Amen. But sometimes we have to remind ourselves that Christ, while we were yet sinners, He died for the ungodly. He died for us. So that makes us, needs to make us aware that when we're dealing with those around us, we need that. There may be things where you have to withdraw yourself from an individual, but it always has to be done in love. We always have to have love and respect for everyone. Amen. Walk in love as Christ hath loved us and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor to God. Amen? And so Paul's wanting us to know that, yes, you've got to be careful in your relationships, but the bottom line of it all is to remember how God loved us and forgave us. And how can we hold anything against anybody when we want to be forgiven? He says, if you don't forgive your brother, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. Amen? And I don't know about you, but I need forgiveness. Hallelujah. God's good to us, isn't He? The love of God, we have always have to keep that in mind. Christ died for us. And He's dying there in this horrible death, the crucifixion of the cross. And His words were, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Amen. And so even Christ is our example that how we need to love them, forgive others. You know that that's one of the major reasons that people have, our lives are so much messed up? Because of a relationship. People are on uppers so that they can get it through the day. And they're on downers so they can go to bed at night. Amen. Because something happened to them in a relationship some years ago. Amen. But Paul's wanting us to know that the power of God, hallelujah, can be within us 
We can walk in love as dear children of God. Amen. And we can have the right relationships here on this earth. Amen. Because that's a great gauge of our relationship with Him. I know I'm spending a lot of time on this, but it's important for us to get it. Sometimes we, it takes us several times to hear it. Our relationships with one another is the most important thing down here on this earth. Amen. Rather, other than our relationship with Him. It all comes together. Amen. It all fits in together. And so we find that Paul continues this topic of relationship even in chapter 6. And he says in chapter, uh, verse 1 of chapter 6, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Alright? For this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of, of the Lord. The disciplining and the teaching and the training. We need to be training our children, amen, in the ways of the Lord. They're not just going to automatically do it. But it's our responsibility to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Servants, in uh, verse 5, servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. Now we don't have this uh, slave servant master thing but we can uh, parallel it if you will to our work place amen or anybody that is uh, has somebody over them and telling them you know what they need to do he says servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in singleness of heart as unto Christ not with eye servant as men pleasers but as servants of Christ. So he's saying here, now when you're doing a job, when you're working, you can need to do it as unto the Lord. Hallelujah. That's why Paul was able to say, I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He never considered himself a prisoner of Rome. Amen. He was God's child. And wherever God put him, that's what he was. He was a servant of Jesus Christ. And so we find here, he said, don't do it for eye service just to be seen, right? Or to men pleasers just for somebody to pat you on the back. Now we all like recognition, right? I tell my wife, I say, I'm, I'm e easily motivated by praise, all right? If you want me to do something, praise me. And I'm easily motivated by that. That's our human flesh, right? We all desire that. We all want praise. We all want recognition, we do that with the kids when they do something good because it's something that helps them in their development. So we all have that. But when it comes down to it, folks, we should not need recognition to do the work of the Lord. Amen? Because we, if we just remember this one thing, that God sees everything. And He sees you over there in the corner working when nobody else sees you. And He's going to be our rewarder. Hallelujah. And it's going to be more than just a little plaque, if you will, or just a pat on the back or somebody to mention your name from the pulpit. So they did a good job in doing such and such and such and such. Amen? I'm not saying that that's wrong. We all like that. We all need that. And you need to give honor to whom honor is due, the Bible says. But it's God that we're working for. Amen? It's the Lord that we're serving. Oh, we've got to remind ourselves of that. Amen. We've got to remind ourselves constantly because you can be working, doing the work of the Lord, and you look over and your brother or sister, they're not doing nothing. They're just sitting there. 
right? <laughs> and you're wondering, okay, why am I doing this? And they're just sitting there not doing nothing. And so you just got to remind yourselves you're a servant of Jesus Christ. I'm doing this under the Lord. Hallelujah. You just keep persevering. You keep pressing on. Hallelujah. And God's going to be the one that rewards us. Amen. And that's going to be a great reward. Amen. So not as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. So here again, we had to point, it's, it's a heart thing. When you become a servant, you, you don't have any rights, right? You become a servant, you have a master over you, you have no rights. In the kingdom of God, you know, as far as if we had that mentality, I don't have, you know, it's well... Bless God, I'm not going to do that. You know, they're not going to tell me what. Bless God. And, and you can have that mentality. But the reality is when we become a servant of God. And I'm not saying we need to let people walk all over us. And I'm not saying you need to do things that are not right. I'm not saying any of that. But when you become a servant of Jesus Christ, it can put you in a different perspective. Of how people view you. How people approach you, how people talk to you, how you do your work, amen, it's all about allowing God, hallelujah, to be in the center of our lives and our heart, and it's a constant battle, amen, and he says, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any, any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, there it is, I already said that, but it's God going to be the one that gives us the reward. Amen. He's going to, we're going to receive what, uh, the things that we've done. Amen. And God's keeping track. Whether he be bond or free. And ye masters, if you're over somebody and doing the same, uh, do the same things unto them, forbear threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven. If you're the boss of somebody, amen, <clears throat> don't think that you're way up here, some high muckety-muck, amen, because you need to remember you've got a Master in heaven, amen? Hallelujah, that can squash you with his thumb in a second, amen. And he said, neither, ending in nine, neither is there respect of persons with him. God doesn't respect one person over another, amen? Everyone is on the same level with God. God loves everyone, amen? But it's here on this earth that we develop these relationships and one being over another, amen? And that's why all those relationships are so important. So once again, we are reminded through all the different relationships he's talking about here. Work, your, your children as parents, husbands and wives it's giving you. Those people that you hang around with, those that are in the church, those that are not in the church. All the different relationships are a major, major part of our relationship. And he spends nearly three chapters, two and a half chapters here, four, five, and six, addressing this relationship. Then finally in verse number 10, in the middle of um, all of this, or at the end, however you want to look at it, Ephesians chapter number 6, verse 10, Finally, finally, my brethren, after all these things, he's saying after you know who you are in Christ, amen, and knowing how to conduct ourselves as Christians, he says, finally, here's our responsibility. <clears throat> Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord. So this is, he's saying, through all of this, 
you got to be strong. Amen? But you don't have to be strong in yourself. You can be strong in the Lord. Amen? Can you say amen? amen. Put on the whole armor. So we got to be strong and we got to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So he spends all this time talking about relationships, but then he comes down to it and he says, we don't really wrestle against flesh and blood. Your brother or your sister is not your real enemy. Amen? It is not our real enemy. We don't wrestle against the flesh and blood. Your walk is really determined by your security in Jesus Christ. When you have the right relationship with the Lord and you're secure in Him, all these other relationships, they, they matter. I don't want to say they don't matter, but they don't affect you like they do when we're insecure in our relationship with God. Amen? I used to look at myself as a very insecure individual uh, before I knew the Lord and even after I knew Him, and it took uh, several years for him to help me through this and my wife can say amen to that amen but the insecurities that are there but the stronger you get in the Lord the more you get more secure you get in yourself amen and when you're secure in yourself then all the other relationships begin to work themselves out amen because you aren't easily defended amen you're not holding grudges you're not uh, being jealous in certain areas and so all these things, how we, uh, how, what our security in Christ is determines how we walk in this earth. Amen. And not just uh, with enemies, but even we, we become insecure or we could become clingy, if you will, to people that we love. Luke 14, 26 says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciples. And when I read that, you know, and to think about hate, that's a pretty strong word, right? But he's not talking in this sense, he's not necessarily talking about you need to hate an individual, but he's talking about when it comes to your relationship with God. The bottom line is, nothing else can matter. That has to be the number one thing. If you want to have a good marriage, get right with God. <laughs> if you want your children to, to uh, grow up right, get right with God. Amen? And uh, we need to realize that when we have our hearts and our minds totally dedicated and totally surrendered, he says, when you come to me, I have to be the number one thing. Whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Bearing the cross, that crucifixion, if you will, of the flesh, amen. Not my will, but thy will be done. Not the will of this flesh, but your will be done. And verse 33 of that same chapter says, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, cannot be my disciple. Amen. I forget, I think I said this last uh, time, but I think it was Brother Hernandez that he uh, had a confrontation with an individual one time. He's an evangelist. And uh, he went to God and, 
in prayer, and he said, God, just kill him. Kill him, Lord. He was so angry and upset. And, well, God didn't kill him, so he came back a little while longer in his prayer, and he said, okay, God, um, I'm going to kill him, and you just, I know you'll have mercy on me and forgiveness. And, uh, but just turn your head for a minute, I'm going to kill him, since you didn't kill him. And he said he couldn't do that, and so after a while, he came back to the altar, and he said, Lord, kill me. Don't kill them, kill me. And that's when he got himself in the right position. <laughs> Amen. Lord, kill me. Amen. We need to realize that we need to crucify this old flesh. We need to come to God with everything that we have. And when we're totally submitted unto God, hallelujah, that's when we can realize we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Amen. But he goes on to say in this same chapter, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickednesses in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. Amen. So he says, we don't wrestle against one another, flesh and blood, even our own selves, but against principalities and against powers, spiritual powers and uh, rulers of the darkness in this world. It gives you uh, spiritual wickednesses in high places. He's saying that in our flesh, in ourselves, we're no match for this battle. You cannot do it on your own. You cannot pick up a sword or a club and fight this battle, amen? But it only comes through the power and the weapons of our warfare are of God, hallelujah, to the pulling down of these strongholds and the spiritual <clears throat> wickednesses. And that's what Paul <clears throat> is saying. Excuse me. He's saying you've got the power. You've got the power, but you've got to exercise it. God's given you everything that you need, hallelujah, but you've got to apply it. You can't just drift through this life, amen. And he's saying then there's, some, there's some, uh, some armor that you can put on, but you've got to be the one that puts it on. Take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand, withstand in the evil day. You know, we have to make the effort ourselves. We have to put forth that effort. He's... Speaking here about standing, putting on, making some effort on your own, you've got to be the one that does that. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 12, it says, lift, Therefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. He's talking about the disciplining of the Lord and the things that we go through sometimes. It can make you feel a little down, right? But he's saying you've got to lift up your hands. You've got to make those feeble knees to stand up. Hallelujah. Stand. You've got to do it. You've got to make forth the effort. He's given you everything you need, but you've got to do it. Amen. Paul was speaking to Agrippa 
in uh, Acts 26 and verse 2, and he said, I think myself happy. He had to think himself happy. He's in a situation, you know, he's a prisoner. His life is probably on the line, but Paul is not going to get up there all depressed. He's happy. He thought himself happy. I get to speak to you today, amen, to the main man. And so we need to realize that it lies within us. Amen. God can only do so much. It lies within us. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6. David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man his son for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He encouraged himself. Amen. This is when they came back to Ziglag and they found that their uh, David and his men they found that they had burned the city and taken their sons and their daughters and their wives and left. Amen. And David encouraged himself. All the people that were with him, they wanted to stone him. They were tired of it. They wanted to stone him and get rid of him. But David encouraged himself. Everybody might be against you. But you can encourage yourself in the Lord, your God. Hallelujah. And the Bible says he went to prayer. He called the prophet and he went to prayer. And God restored everything to him. So the armor is already prepared for us, folks. The armor's there. But we have to put it on. Amen. Verse 14. Stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth. And this is simply sincerity. You've got to come into God's presence with an honesty. Gird yourself with sincerity, with truth. Amen? One thing that God really uh, got upset about when he was here on this earth was hypocrisy. He looked at the Pharisees who went through all the system. And they went through all the motions. Amen? And he looked at them and he called them, you're a bunch of hypocrites. Because you got you on the outside you look good, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. And so that's what Paul's trying to say. It's on the inside, folks. The power's there. We got to work on that inside. We got to call upon the Lord. We've got to ask Him to give us the, the light of the glorious gospel and to lead us and to guide us in the right way. But you need to come to Him, amen, with truth. In truth, you got to have yourself. Uh, <clears throat> gird about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness. In other words, doing the right things. Now in ourselves we can't do it, but 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So here again, when we stay in Christ... We have righteousness in our lives. In our flesh, there's no good thing. We're constantly making mistakes, constantly failing, constantly doing the wrong things. But when we have Christ in us, hallelujah, that's the righteousness of God in us. Amen. And that's why he said, walk after the Spirit. If you walk after the Spirit, you won't fulfill the things of the flesh. But if you walk after the flesh... You're going to fulfill the things of the flesh. So we have to constantly be going in the direction of God, constantly walking after the Spirit and the Word of God. Amen. And your feet, verse 15, 
sod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. And here again, we can instill peace. We can take peace. That's the, the great thing. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. Amen. This world needs the peace of God that we have. That's why people enjoy coming into the house of God. Amen. Because there's peace in the worship and the power of God. There's that presence of God. Amen. And the problem that we have is trying to get them to believe that they can take it with them. Amen. So that's our desire. That's what we're constantly trying to do is to help people to believe that this peace of God passes all understanding. Amen. And it's our duty, praise God, to be prepared with the gospel of peace. Above all, everybody say above all. Above. Taking the shield of faith. Hallelujah. Above everything, we got to take on this shield of faith. Amen. Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. you got to believe in it. you got to trust in it. Amen? And God will even help you in that. You can go to Him and say, God, help me. Help my faith to increase. Amen? Help me, O oh Lord, to believe. And God will even help you in that area. But we have to, above everything else, take that shield of faith. you got to trust God. you got to believe in Him. Amen? Wherewith you shall be able to quench um, all the fiery darts of the wicked. So the wicked sending forth these fiery darts. Amen. They're after you. He's trying to destroy you. But with faith, faith in Jesus Christ, you can quench those. The shield of faith. Hallelujah. That can shield your life from the attacks of the enemy. Amen. That tries to come against you and to pull you down. To take the helmet of salvation. Amen. And the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. There's power in the Word of God, folks. Learn the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Come into the house of God. Hear the Word of God being preached. Listen to all the devices that we have these days. We ought to be having the Word of God. We could have the Word 24-7. Amen? There's power, power, power in the Word of God. Amen? How many know that to be true? You can call upon the Lord. You can remind Him about His Word. Amen. And He's faithful and just to His Word. Amen. You can go to Him. I think I told you this too, but when I first came out of the world and I was struggling to separate myself and He gave me the Scripture in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And it says, There's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able Amen. Oh, I quoted that God. I quoted that verse back to God. I, I'd be on my knees reading that back to God. I'd remind him of his word, you know. And by the grace of God, he helped me through it. It's still a powerful thing that we can use even to this day. Amen. He says that I'm not going to tempt you above that which you are able, but also make a way of an escape. Amen. He will make a way of escape if we go to him. But there's power in this word. Hold on to this word. Amen. Don't underestimate the power of the Word of God. This morning as the Word goes forth, it's going to convict hearts. Amen? It's going to touch hearts. And we can all be in here. We can have a thousand people in here. It can touch everyone's heart in a different way. That's how powerful it is. I can remember the service I was in when I got the Holy Ghost. There must have been 500 people in there. 
But I thought, my goodness, God is speaking directly to me. I thought I was looking for a place to hide because I felt like that preacher uh, knew exactly my whole life and everything was just speaking right. He did everything but look me in the eye. But I wasn't the only one that came to the altar that night. God had touched many hearts, amen, because that's the power of the Word of God. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. But we've got to open up ourselves to the Word, amen? So take the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, amen? Praying always. Everybody say praying always. Amen. amen. you got to pray. If you don't pray, you won't stay. You won't fast, you won't last, amen? you got to pray. Watching with all perseverance, perseverance, that's just, you just keep coming back, you just keep going, you stumble and you fall, you just get back up, you just keep coming, I'm, I'm coming back, Lord, I'm keep praying, amen, God wants us to come to him, and the Bible says we can come boldly into the throne room of grace, the ever-present help in the time of need, amen, verse 19, and for me that utterance uh, may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So Paul's praying that he would have the boldness to open up his mouth to make known the mystery, this hidden truth, amen, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. All of this was about that, about Christ being in us, not just some outside uh, motions that were going on, but the Lord of glory, Christ in you, amen, praise the Lord, would dwell within our hearts and within our minds. He said in verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, amen. He was an ambassador, he said, in bonds. I love that word. I looked it up. It meant a resident representative from a foreign country. That's an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We are resident. We're here. We're representatives of Jesus Christ. Amen. But we're not from here. This is not our home. We're just resident representatives of another country. Hallelujah. And we've got the power. Hallelujah. Over all things through Jesus Christ. He was in bonds. He didn't let the prison stop him. Our circumstances, our failures, and our abilities or lack of abilities don't allow them to hold you back amen because God's wanting to do a great work in each and every one of our lives and he goes on to conclude here with uh, the ending of his thing he's sending this guy Tychicus or whatever it is a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord to make unto to make known unto you all things and he says that you uh, might know the affairs of what we're doing. He says that you can know everything and that he might comfort your hearts. He sent a preacher to them to comfort their hearts, amen, through the word of God. Praise God. So God wants us to know that through it all, we have the power, amen. And all we have to do, he's made all the provisions, but we have to do is pick it up, put on this armor. And by the way, they say that there's no, there was no armor that was provided for the back. Amen. You are vulnerable if you turn your back and run. Just face the enemy head on. Not even the gates of hell are going to prevail against the church of the living God. Amen. God bless you this morning. Worship this morning with the praise team. Amen.